Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. What's up, Recapping Podcast? It's Johnny Will, and I want to share my thoughts on Cobra Kai, the hit Netflix series that originally started on YouTube. And my thoughts are, this show is, is about misunderstanding. It seems that every episode, there is some type of misunderstanding that takes place between one of the characters and they're misunderstanding the intentions of another. Starting with Daniel LaRusso, who completely misunderstood the intention of Johnny Lawrence starting Cobra Kai again, which Cobra Kai, in my opinion, was started again by Johnny Lawrence so he could fix the foundation of his life that was cracked when he was a kid. My other thoughts are Sam is the kid that gets away with the most. Uh, I, I feel like she's beloved, but I really feel like she is just as screwed up as all the other kids. But her parents see her as just a, a wonderful angel, and she's not fooling me. I don't get it. Sam is not one of my favorite characters. She's just as screwed up as, as Robbie and Miguel. Yeah, you know what they say. They say that organizing your space is a form of self-care. And I believe that Fully believe whole it. heart, you know, absolutely, wholeheartedly, you know, like it really does just like that whole clear of space, clear of mind thing. Like when you walk into a room and it's well organized, oh my God. Just, You're no longer panicked. Oh, it's the just, beauty. It's amazing. So yeah, my, my home office is looking quite lovely compared to the mess it was last week. Congratulations, Ashley. I, <laughs> Thank I mean you. that. Congratulations Thank you. and great job on that. <laughs> home editing, girl. Home editing. Yes. <laughs> so let's get started with some hot topics. Yes. So unfortunately, I'm going to start the hot topics on a very somber note. The great Cicely Tyson passed away today at the age of 96 years old. Yes. Um, it's This is breaking news, Ashley. Um, mm-hmm. it, you, you were the first person to text me about it. And of course, I go on social media and it's everywhere. Um, how do you feel about this, this, sad, this sad moment? Yeah, I mean... She lived a full, wonderful life, thankfully. Um, you know, to live to a ripe age of 96 is absolutely a blessing, but still a blow for the community, for for film. I'm waiting on that Tyler Perry the culture. Uh, commentary or dedication or, you know, whatever. But rest yes. in heaven to a queen is what I sent to you because, I mean, absolutely. she lived a well-lived life. So rest in peace to Cicely Tyson and, you know, prayers out to her family and loved ones. Absolutely. And I like to mention that she did gift us with an autobiography, Just mm-hmm. As I Am. It just came out. It has the most iconic picture of her on the cover. Just Delora, her her. What, what a way to go out, right? Absolutely. And to have her story all the way out. And even from the ex- excerpts that I heard, 
uh, she's not holding back for anyone. She talked mm. about how she doesn't really smile for anyone. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I.e. Yes. Our lighter expressions. Um, that's white people, in case you're wondering. Um, and because she, <laughs> <laughs> she, she pretty much says she's not. She's not an Uncle Tom. So anyway. I'm, I think I'm going to go ahead and pick up that book next time I go to Barnes and Nobles. Absolutely. And well, that's a mic drop and I'm out. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. My story has been told. Exactly. Rest in heaven, sweetheart. You did your thing, girl. Thank you. Thank you for representing us all these years. Proudly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Our next hot topic, Amanda Gorman is booked and busy Ashley. Yes. She has landed a contract with the iconic modeling agency IMG Models. Okay, so mm -hmm. let's let's take a moment to talk about who they represent. Okay. Ashley Graham, Giselle, the Hadid sisters, uh, Chanel, Iman, Precious Lee. Haley Bieber, Paris Jackson, the list goes on and on and on, Ashley. Mm -hmm. And, and um, Naomi Osaka, I saw. Naomi Osaka, exactly. Yes. Ashley, I can't even really tell you all the models that they represent because it's just too much. Mm -hmm. So this is a huge bag, okay, for the wonderful Amanda. Um, and for it those also, of you who do not remember who Amanda is or may not have been introduced to her just yet, Delora, what has this young lady accomplished thus far? Thus far, she, well, <laughs> most notable, okay? Yes. Her poem at the inauguration, she was the youngest poet to ever perform for an inauguration, and she blew it out the water. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so funny. They said that her Instagram follower followers shot up to three million after her poem as they um, should and that I, red headband is sold out that Prada red headband oh, wow. sold out. Mm -hmm. and so this um her performance was so wonderful that it also landed her a gig an, in an unlikely space the Super Bowl Ashley mm-hmm I feel like Jay-Z had everything to do with that, but... Oh, yes. Okay. Thank you for reminding me that he is working with them. Rock Nation, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yes. And so she is going to be uh, performing a new poem pre-game Super Bowl, and her new work will honor heroes of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so it's going to be prior to kickoff on February 7th in Tampa, Florida. Ashley, what are your thoughts about this? this I, I'm geeked. I'm excited for her. Girl, I'm excited for all of these opportunities. Like I said last week, she was so amazing. It's so I like actually I'm not related to her, but I'm proud. I mean, the representation She's a cousin somewhere. Thank you. you I'm claiming her. All we of claim. us are claiming her. Always. Amanda, we come to the barbecue, come to the family reunion. 
Um, I'm just, I'm so excited. I saw also that, you know, her publisher is now going to uh, print a million copies of her three upcoming books. Three I'm sure books. you're going to get to that, but I just, yes. you know, it's just so many amazing accomplishments in such a short period of time, but it just shows that the hard work she's already been putting in is really coming to fruition. Um, and that's a beautiful thing to be able to witness. Absolutely. Um, I was talking to her, I was talking with my mom about her and <laughs> my mom and I were pretty much convinced like she has that star power to to get all of these gigs and more like mm-hmm. I, I look forward to I look forward to her future and she's doing a lot right now. So and, and she I also, also wants to run for president. Did you hear that she said yes, that? Yes, yes. Like, yes, my future president. I'm here for it. Yes, I thought that was beautiful as well. Um, and I also like to mention um, another model in the IMG um, <laughs> portfolio is Ella Imhoff, who is yes. the second gentleman's daughter, or, you know, you also know her as the Madam Vice President's stepdaughter. Um, so I guess uh, they, they saw some talent at that inauguration, huh? That mumu coat, like I said, Mew Mew. Is it Mew Mew? Yeah, and she's also a fashion student, so it's uh, it's a good fit. Mm -hmm. Good, good fit. All right, so our last hot topic today, my favorite topic, Bridgerton. (laughs) (laughs) So we originally reported that um, they they believe that 62 million households watched uh, Bridgerton. Well, come to find out, Bridgerton smashes Netflix viewership records to become the streamer's biggest series ever. And this is according to Deadline. Ashley, I'm just going to phrase it to you this way. Deshonda made the right decision. (laughs) I'm being petty because you know who needs yes. to put the, who needs to pick their face off off the floor. ABC Disney. Exactly. Uh, I was actually talking to a coworker about this earlier, and as I mentioned to him, Shonda was always going to continue to create gold, no matter what platform she so chose to go to. Period. And I'm just so excited that, you know, her first major showing at Netflix, we talked about there had been a delay in the time she signed and really wanting to put out something. Yes. I mean, to come on and immediately smash the Netflix record, Shonda, come first all the way project since, since getting that unheard of contract with Netflix. We don't even that know check. what the number is. She mm-hmm. said that she purposely has, you know, put the wrong number out there because it's bigger than that. Yeah. All I can say is all the rest of the creators on Netflix probably looked at that like, damn, we got to step it up. It brings me so my much God. joy. Now, is Bridgerton without fault? Of course not. But was it what we needed when we needed it? Absolutely. <laughs> it just It's just so, again, exciting for her to come and immediately have such a strong showing. But Dominate. I know you love this show. Clearly, yes. the world loves this show. This, so the whole world. So they okay. So according to Deadline, they said the final numbers are in, and a record eighty-two million households around the world, partially or in its entirety, watch the show. And so that's a whopping nineteen million households higher than the four-week projection that Netflix 
uh, issue 10 days into the series. And again, I, I think I might have said 62 million. The original projection was 63 million. So mm-hmm. biggest show ever. Bravo, bravo to Shonda Rhimes, Shonda Land. Bravo yes. to the cast, the yes. crew. We cannot wait to uh, see what season two is all about. I actually, really quick, lastly, saw an interview, Tamron Hall. She interviewed uh, Julie, Julia Quinn, the author. And fun fact, Shonda didn't have enough reading material on vacation. And she so happened to come across the Duke ah, and I. Wow. And change that just woman's so life happened. forever. Yeah, absolutely. I just so happened to pick up your book, and uh, we're just gonna go ahead and do a full blown series Whole about series. it. My first project with Netflix. What? what? Come through. Come through. Come <laughs> I love through. these stories. I love it. So, congratulations to Julia. Because guess what? I can't find that book anywhere in person. <laughs> okay. I legit was like, I give it, I give the series two books. Cause you know how I am with commitment. I can't do, I can't do series can't all four books. Okay. That's asking too much unless the series is ended, you know, mm-hmm. but that's all for hot topics today, Ashley. You have anything okay. else before we go? I was to just going to say, guys, don't forget to check out our recap of Bridgerton part one and two available on all the platforms. Yes, part one and two. You're going to keep up with that French forever. Forever, all right. ever, forever, ever. All right, okay. Ashley. Recap, Cobra recap. Kai. Yes, we are back on the world of Cobra Hi, season three, guys. We teased it. Dropped January 1st on Netflix. Again, 10 half-hour episodes. Last week, I gave you the summary. I'll give it to you again. 34 years after the events of the 1984 All-Valley Karate Tournament, the original Karate Kid film, a down-and-out Johnny Lawrence seeks redemption by reopening the infamous Cobra Kai dojo, reigniting his rivalry with a now-successful Danny LaRusso. We left off in the last uh, recap when the end of season two, which ended horrifically with a fall by one of our favorites, Miguel, who had really just kind of made a transition character-wise to show a little mercy. You know, there was a full-out school brawl. He decided, okay, Robbie, I'm going to let you be. Robbie went a little overboard, kicked that man over a balcony, and the back-breaking fall is what happened to kind of wrap that season. Everybody seemed like they were blaming themselves, and let's see where everybody is when we pick back up in season three. So, Delora... Actually, let me go back. Before we get into the recap of season three, is your grade standing right now? You gave the show a B minus last week. Is your grade still stand now that we're getting into season three? Yes, <laughs> it, still stand, it still stands. I, I enjoyed it. The fight scenes this time around, I don't know if I enjoyed it as much. Um, especially towards the end because I just, it was just overwhelming, but I don't know, Chris, I understand how they wanted us to get more insight. I just, I don't know if I really wanted it. (laughs) For that character in particular, the black soul that he appears to have. Yeah. Well, of course they're adding, you know, color 
to it. Mm-hmm. We we got the backstory of Danny and Johnny and with Crease being like this third figure. I do understand the value in it. I just I don't know what this is going to do for my overall opinion. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yes, I totally understand. And I have to tell you, my new grade is a B minus for season three. So we're really? on the same page. Yes. Okay. Because season three, the level of intensity got so much that I no longer could enjoy it the way that I was enjoying seasons one and two. You know, again, yes. the fall of Miguel, the intensity yes. now of the rivalry has just reached a point where, you know, we're at life and death. So it's no longer, you know, oh, this is cute. This is nostalgic. Yeah. I had never truly felt Danny's life was in danger in the Karate Kid films. I know they tried to pretend that his life was, but yes. in this case. And they even said it because in the flashback, it's like, you know, I forget what he said. It's something or die or, you know. Live or die. It. Live or yeah. die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was in the second film. But again, it never felt the way that it started to feel on Cobra Kai, you know. I, I'm still not over Miguel's fall. No. I have PTSD every time I see it. Um, but that's why, yeah, that exactly, (laughs) which we're going to get to. So that's why I had to downgrade it to a B minus. Y'all got a little much for me. Okay. But spoiler alert, we're about to get back. Go ahead, Delore. Spoiler alert. No, I, I, I completely agree because in my notes, I, I have, where are we going with this? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. do you want someone, what, what does finish him actually mean? (laughs) Yeah. We're going to get into a lot of, of the intention, not only of the characters, but also at the end, we're going to talk about what we think the intention is going to be moving forward, guys. So spoiler alert, we're about to get back into the body of the show. Let's kick off season three. Start of the season, Delora Miguel, after his fall, this man is in a coma. Yes, he does wake up at the end of episode one, but unfortunately he's paralyzed from the waist down. I, no words, no words. This man, he's, he's 16, 17 years old, right? So that's trauma. That's horrific. Um, Johnny, we see him start right back where it seems like he was at the beginning of the series, drunk and fighting. This time, this time he got his ass stomped out though. Still went to jail, still went to jail, (laughs) uh, went to some extremes to visit Miguel in the hospital, even bashing his head into a paper towel dispenser in the bathroom okay desperate times call for desperate measures absolutely tensions are lingering between the students and the dojos at school we see robbie has been expelled he's on the run he stole a van from danny's dealership danny has a short-lived team up with johnny to try to go search for him tori is expelled sam has been suspended from school for two weeks and aisha our girl aisha her parents moved her ass completely to a private school and put their house up for sale well, I'm glad that you explained that because I literally throughout this whole season was like, where's Aisha? Yes. I didn't, I didn't pick that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> they have a, a conversation about it in the hall of school. I caught it on my second viewing because mm. I had seen that fans were upset that both she and um, the one older guy who joined Cobra Kai, I can't think of his name right now. Stingray. With the yes, he wasn't in season three. So fans mm-hmm. were a little upset about that. But I will tell you and I will tell our lovely listeners that According to the creators, no one has ever gone from the world of Cobra Kai. So don't worry. I have a feeling these characters are going to be coming back in season four. So Daniel's business, we thought his business was in jeopardy in season two, Delore. His business is in major jeopardy as we get back into this because of the fallout of that school fight, right? People are blaming karate and specifically his teaching because, again, Robbie was his student at the dojo. Number one student. Well, Sam may beg to differ, but in our minds, yes, he was. <laughs> I mean, he he, per, he was at the tournament. That's what I was trying it, to get. A- absolutely. 
Uh, where the hell were the teachers is the first question asked at a PTA meeting after that fight. And Delora, I know you asked that last week. Absolutely. I hated I hated this line from this teacher talking about NEA guidelines won't allow teachers to get in between two students fighting. New initiative hugs, not hits. Oh my gosh. No, okay. I will say I do understand it and I can appreciate it because we expect teachers to do far more than what they're paid for. Okay. I respect that. However, I don't know. That fight went on way too long before somebody popped out of a classroom to see what the heck was going on. Like maybe in my school experience, because I went to certain schools, I'm I'm just curious why wasn't there more school security? Why Girl. wasn't anybody called? Like First you have all, a little fight outside the school, suddenly at a cer- at a certain type of school, suddenly that's a full on uh, emergency situation. Absolutely. Y'all have a kid almost break his whole body, and the yes. cops weren't called. Mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind blowing. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to go down that hole, rabbit hole because we don't need to. I'm just saying when you try to <laughs> when you try to hit me with some teachers are allowed to get into okay, somebody needs to pick up that phone, 911. We have an issue here at the school. Um, new initiatives that hugs, not hits. Again, that lady, that teacher in particular, kind of went with this multiple times throughout the season, which got on my nerves. Yes. Um, but but to your point. It is it is hard to toe that line as a teacher in terms of what you should and shouldn't be doing. I just did not feel like the response from the school was appropriate. And mm-hmm. then also we're seeing these constant flashes of Miguel's fall throughout these first few episodes, which again, yes. PTSD, it was making me so nauseous. I'm like, if y'all don't it's, stop. It's too much. But I, I will say the community was absolutely shooketh. And, um, you know, this feud was no longer contained. Okay. It was no longer in some random vacuum. Everyone was involved. And, you know, I I was glad to see that Danny took some accountability, but Mm -hmm. I mean, that's within his character, but, um, I don't know that this, this was a real hard problem to figure out. Mm -hmm. I agree. It was. I mean, even the that PTA meeting when somebody was like, it's your daughter's fault. She's hoeing around out here. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> you are taking this to another level, parents. Okay. All right. All right. So she was messy, though. She was, was messy. Danny's going to call her out on that even this season, which was very, and she's like, don't forget, Dad, I'm your daughter. But I digress. So that's kind of where we pick back up on the series. Let's get to Midway because Midway, we have a lot to talk about. Crease is a main major focal point of season three. We see that Crease's tactics have intensified as he's taking over Cobra Kai. Right now he's out recruiting. He even recruited terrible Kyler from season one. He's kicking Gross. kids out of the dojo that don't want to feed a mouse they named to a snake. Mm-hmm. But, but we're getting background on his youth, right, Delora? We're, we're seeing he was bullied when he was younger. His mother suffered yeah. from uh, some form of mental illness. He um, That took up, her life, unfortunately. He ends up uh, trying to help a young lady who was getting smacked around by one of the guys who was bullying him and then ultimately mm-hmm. becomes his girlfriend. But unfortunately, she passes away in a tragic car accident tragic. while he goes off and joins the army Vietnam uh, and fought War. in Vietnam. Yes, yep. fought in Vietnam. And then also becomes a prisoner of war, a POW. So we get a lot of background on kind of what has created this monster. Because let's be clear, Priest at this point is a monster. He's harming yep. children with no remorse. 
um, at this point in his life. Now we do see him help Tori at the time who after the events of season two, she's struggling with her responsibilities. She has a really slimy landlord. She's trying to figure out how to pay the bills. She has community service. She's on probation. Girl's trying to get her GED. Her mother mm-hmm. also has some type Sick. of illness. Mm-hmm. She's trying to take care of her and her little brother. But while he helps Tori, he's helping her only to, for his own means, right? He's only ever trying to get these kids back on the bandwagon for mm-hmm. his ultimate goals. I was going to say, if she wasn't a star student, he would not have been there for her. Absolutely. Because we, we see him, uh, Johnny, him and Johnny have another conversation where Johnny threatens him. Like, if you go near Miguel or his family, I'm going to kill you. So what yep. does Chris do instead? He goes near Robbie. Yep. What is Crease's ultimate goal, Laura? Is it to create an army? I don't know. Um, that's an excellent question. The most I was able to come up with was he want he wanted the best, right? He wanted the the premier dojo in the community, and um, obviously he's taken. Um, a chapter out of how his captain chose the best when he was in Vietnam and mm-hmm. everything is very reminiscent of his own experience. The only thing is we're not at war. Exactly. <laughs> and these are children. These are children. So for me, that's where you lose me. And I don't know what to say because it's like, what is the goal? What's the goal here? Because you keep saying things like finish him, no mercy. I mean, do you kick someone, you know, face in until what? Till they're until dead. What? Until they're dead. Because how- <laughs> it's terrifying. Again, because yes. these are kids and you start to see that ramp up, not only of his tactics, but of what his tactics are doing to his students. It's poisonous, see, but we saw that it was poisonous from the previous season because for sure. unbeknownst to Johnny, even though I think he knew to an extent that no mercy hit first philosophy, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not okay. It's not strike, okay. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. It yep. just started to reach again, dangerous levels to your point about where does it end? We see when he starts recruiting, he brings other kids in. You see Tori kick a girl in the face, chip her tooth. Talking about bitch, you need it, you need it something, you need to get your teeth fixed anyway. You see Hawk beat another kid until he was he had bloody knuckles. You never even saw what the other kid looked like. I mean, again, and that's where I was alluding to because it was like what and the rage, the rage that you saw in Hawk's eyes. Yes. That moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's gonna kill this kid. Of all these students, that's what scares me too, right? Is that Priest is preying on and manipulating kids who are already going through very difficult situations and very difficult times. And he's trying to redirect their anger. Yeah, trying to redirect their anger in very dangerous ways. Yes. It's it's horrifying. But but that was, let's move on from Priest for a second back to Robbie. So Robbie is going through it in the season because Robbie is in juvie for a while. Danny turned him in when he found him at rehab with his mother again after he had been missing for a while, had stolen that van, all of that. My question to you, because I was upset with Danny in this particular case because of the way he handled it. Do you think Mr. Miyagi would have handled this situation in the same way? I think, I think so. Now, would it have been, like you said, 
finessed better probably, but mm-hmm. can we keep it 100? Robbie would have found his way in juvie one way or another anyway. Very true. I think the what I found upsetting about it was that it was an ambush. I feel that Mr. Mm. Miyagi would have had a conversation with Daniel to say, hey, here is what I think we need to do. Yes. Let's go ahead and get you turned over. I would have had a lawyer there something instead of immediately having the cops run in and ambush yeah, this kid. I can see that. You yeah, have his mentor. I definitely, I definitely feel like Mr. Miyagi would have been able to finesse it better for sure. Yeah. I was actually kind of caught off guard. Like I knew he was going to go to jail because honestly, there's no other place he could have gone. You know what I mean? Um, and after given an incident the circumstances, like that. yes, he needed to turn himself in. But again, it was the it was the it would have been it would have been better if Danny got a hold of Robbie, drove him to the police station, and mm-hmm. then did it that way versus the cops picking them up. So I can see that. And as wealthy as Daniel is at this point, again, where why didn't you bring a lawyer with you to say, hey, here's what our options are. Let's go into the police station together. We'll see what, you know what I mean? I just But that's I, the one thing that the show has done. Like, obviously, Mr. Miyagi is such a huge presence, even though he's physically not there, yes. that, that, you know, Danny holds him in such high regard that you see him make major missteps. As a, him. as a sensei that you would never have seen Mr. Miyagi make. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah. I was disappointed because again, I felt like Robbie was at such a low point. And you're looking at somebody who has really been such a mentor to you for a while. And I think it bothers me because Robbie does not have strong parental influences that now another parental figure has kind of let him down in a major way. Mm -hmm. Robbie, you needed to go ahead and turn yourself in, but let's find a different way to go about it. And I'm going to speak more to that as we get later into the season. And obviously the changes we're going to see in Robbie throughout. So I like to make one, one comment about Juvie mm -hmm. and the show. Um, I had a major problem that the bulk of brown and black people in the show yeah. were in juvie. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, really? I mean, the darkest guy you could find. Again, I don't have a problem with colorism, but we do know what imagery s- says in, in TV and movies, okay? Absolutely. And Absolutely. He's the big bad bully in juvie along with his other black and brown friends. Really? This, this is the only place they could have found no, people that's of so- color? I'm glad you brought that point up and that's so fair. I think as a black viewer, I felt that as well, that the main beautiful black man that you're highlighting in this show yes. is a is another he had amazing complexion. Yeah, okay, is I'm another not, uh, yes. kid in the movie who's the big bad wolf uh next to this lily white Robbie. You know, it just feels very um stereotypical. It feels yep. very um one could say intentional as playing into Absolutely. those stereotypes. And I just hope that because of the levels we've really gotten basic. entertainment, yeah, basic. I hope that I hope that because of the levels we've gotten to entertainment, that people who are watching the show don't continue to take that as a narrative that is reality. Um, but it is a fair point, and I'm glad that you brought it up because I absolutely felt that as well. Um, another point with Robbie during this time that I wanted to mention is his relationship with Johnny, because in a pivotal decision between visiting Robbie and Juvie when he said he would, along with his friend who was a minister, uh, or staying at the hospital with Miguel's family because he had went and stolen a statue from his stepdaddy's house to pawn off because 
uh, Miguel needed a really expensive surgery for his, his back, his spine. He decided when the grandmother, after he donates his money, says, hey, stay here and pray with us. Johnny decides to stay with Miguel's family. And in that moment, I felt that we lost Robbie because you just had the betrayal from Danny. Now Johnny yet again has let him down. And I think in his mind, it's like, this is the final time that I'm going to give hope to this idea that you're going to be on my side and you're going to choose me. What were your thoughts, Delora? Honestly, I was exhausted um, with Johnny in the sense of, are you tired of making really bad decisions? Mm. There would not have been a problem for him to have dropped off that money and say, I have to see my son. Absolutely. But it's like, you know, I feel like we are dealing with a stunted adult in Johnny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he peaked in the 80s, obviously. And I just, that was an excellent point, Ashley, that you made that we lost Rami in that moment because there's no, I don't think there there's any justifying what Johnny did. I do understand wanting to be there uh, to pray for Miguel, but his son was waiting for him and his son had no one at this time. Exactly. And he's full in juvie. How are you not thinking about and trying to visit your son every day? You are Period. a parent. Exactly. You are a parent. That was my thing is the current concern and consideration for what Miguel was going through versus Robbie was devastating to me because what I was considering was you should be waking up and going to bed every night thinking about your son, thinking about yes. Robbie, and you don't. And that and that's, bothers me. And that's part of the fury that Robbie had towards Miguel because he felt like his father was being a father to him, exactly. to, to Miguel and not to him. That's and, daddy. and so in some ways, maybe this is me attempting to understand what goes on in Johnny's brain. Um, maybe he felt like he was on more of a firm foundation with Miguel than he was with Robbie. So it was like, you know, let me keep going to a place where I'm accepted versus going somewhere that he's going to obviously have to do the work when he sees the sun. You know what I mean? I think Robbie would have softened up to him if he had showed up when he said he was going to, but let's, let's be realistic here. Every time they interact with each other, it's always some friction. So yeah. I don't know. Also, also to your point, think that in this moment, yes, he may feel like he's on firmer footing with Miguel. And, but I also think he felt like he had such a tremendous fall off in that relationship because of what happened. Yes. He felt so guilty and felt like he yes. needed to immediately repair it. But again, short-sighted in that, yes, you can come back to the hospital after this time with your son. You can exactly. come back tomorrow, bro. Exactly. Like Miguel was not going anywhere. Yes. And I'm not oh. trying to be awful, but he was not no, going anywhere. That abs- and he has his mother and grandmother. Who does exactly. Robbie have? No one, because his mom is in rehab. Obviously, he's out on the outs with Danny. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to Sam. Sam started backup Miyagi-Do training at the dojo after a young member was beaten up by Cobra Kai and the fundraising money because uh, Miyagi-Do had also been trying to raise money for Miguel's surgery. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did a car wash. It was stolen by the Cobra Kai folks, uh, you know, as usual, led by Hawk. Tensions built up again and led to another fight that, as you alluded to earlier, really showed that Sam is suffering from some serious PTSD. Absolutely. And Dimitri's arm 
by got broken by Hawk, his ex BFF. Tell me Girl. how you were feeling in this moment because the revelations were disturbing at this point. Again, where Sam is in her journey and where Hawk is in his journey. I, I did say in my notes, Sam was all big and bad until she wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. because she actually had a major chip on her shoulder at this point where she was almost, um, you know, she was walling out really a, a lot. <laughs> um, but when Dimitri's arm was broken by Hawk, I was sick to my stomach. I, I just didn't know. I, I just... I felt like Sam could have done something, but at the same time, I reminded myself, these are children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and she, she ultimately could tell that she was having a panic attack. Like yes. for anybody who's ever had a panic attack, it is a crippling feeling and you do feel paralyzed within your own body. So mm-hmm. it did, it, it felt so upsetting. Cause again, I don't like Tori. And so for Tori to be the one who comes in all big and bad world. Yes. So, and then all of a sudden you cower in the corner that pissed me off. Well, and, and, and back to my, Uh, initial note of oh she was big and bad until she wasn't she was the one that brought them there and so there was a level of frustration there too because it's like you put them in this position you were the leader and the fact that you weren't able you know to step up to the plate so to speak no and represent represent your click and protect them and protect protect them. them it just seemed like a it, it just wasn't good. It no. Was, it was a no. missed opportunity for sure. But this is the first time you see Hawk question his decisions. He breaks his arm, but then immediately has a look on his face like, oh, what have I done? I've started to take things too far. Sure. I, but- I, I don't have a lot of patience for Hawk. And I know, I know we're going to keep talking about him, but we are. I'm just not this- there. Do not forget that redemption is one of the central things of this show, Delora. They want everybody to have their moment. So sure. we, will, we will get back to Hawk. Sure. But can, let me say as an aside that the LaRussos also try to get Crease and Cobra Kai evicted out of the dojo. This is Danny's second family, second attempt to trying to get the Cobra Kai folks evicted, right? We saw yes. them try unsuccessfully with Johnny. Here they're trying to get with Crease because of the events that happened and Demetri and his arm broken and all that. Again, does not work out. Priest, big and bad, then defeated the little uh, landlord and his big old nephews, uh, and even puts he a still snake. Still got it. <laughs> even puts a snake in the car at the dealership to at try to the scare them and customers. Yes. Yeah. So let's let's get into the woes of the dealership. So Tom Cole, who was Danny and his wife's biggest competitor in the area, is offering to buy the dealership by mid-season. He signed an exclusive deal that would cut off their access to a big supplier in Japan. We realized and hear during this that Mr. Miyagi was the one who really encouraged Danny to go into auto sales because of that impact that Mm -hmm. that first car, that yellow car that Mr. Miyagi gave him during the films impacted him and had on his life. He wanted to give everyone else that feeling. So again, we see, as you say, the looming influence of Mr. Miyagi and the way that he was able to help Danny. And the let's go back to Robbie. These are the similarities I see is that you mm-hmm. had Daniel, who one could say at times was an angry kid during those films, was misguided, he had a, misdirected. A chip on his but shoulder he, for sure. He had an amazing sensei, right? He so did. Mr. But he Miyagi's also didn't influence, get into a lot of other trouble. He just was an angry kid, I feel like. 
yeah, but but one could say that Robbie could have inevitably gone down the same path had he been able to still have a substantial major influence on him that propelled him forward. Not that I want to keep talking about Robbie because there's so many other characters, but that was just something I was thinking. Well, and that if, scene. if you also think about the comparison between Danny and Robbie, Danny actually had his mom who was yes, a mainstay in his life his Robbie has no one yeah his mother was wonderful too yes. I love that she pops back up in those first couple seasons as well so that is very true he still even has someone outside of Mr. Miyagi but Mr. Miyagi was that major influence that continued uh, mm-hmm. for him into adulthood and as a man because mm-hmm. he didn't have his father um so Danny uh because of the woes of the dealership and Tom Cole took a trip to Japan and fun fact, guys, they actually really did go to Japan to shoot these beautiful scenes. I love, um, I love when shows do this, by the way. Yes, he went I to save, it. he went to save his business. And in the process, he corrected with, re-corrected, reconnected with his old boo from the second film, his former foe from the second film, and the little girl that he saved in the second film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he learned some new tricks while he was over there, got his business saved. And, you know, I feel like it was a good closure and also, again, redemption story from some of the outlying things that happened in that second Karate Kid film, because we didn't ever know what happened to Chosen, who was the big bad foe who wanted to fight him to the death. We didn't know what happened to his ex-bae, who had thought about moving to the States, but wanted to become a dancer. We didn't know what happened to that little girl. And we also got a glimpse back into, again, Mr. Miyagi, because we see uh, those letters between Mr. Miyagi and his love that, mm-hmm. you know, it helped Danny, but also gave you more insight into Mr. Miyagi that you may not have gotten from those first films. So I do love this part, especially even though his, his trip initially was, uh, was rough. Okay. Extremely rough. Yeah. It didn't work out at first. It didn't look like it was going to work it out. Did it was not. Really that little girl who's now a woman. Let me stop yes. calling her a little girl who saved the day. <laughs> And the thing that I loved most about um, the end of his trip was that all the good karma, like it came back mm-hmm. to him and mm-hmm. I, you know, it took what, 30 years, but you never know what, vi- what, <laughs> what, what vibrations you put into the universe. I don't want to sound so woo woo, but you know, I just love that. Woo, woo, woo. No, I, I think that is, uh, <laughs> I think that's accurate. And you saw his, his former boo telling him that, especially cause she's the one who brought that, mm-hmm. that young lady over to him to say, hey, exactly. you know, you put good out in the world, you get good back, here's what I have for you, uh, yep. let's get your business saved, so it was a great trip, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed seeing the new tricks he learned, the new Miyagi tricks that yes. he learned, yes. um, that's really going to come in I handy later. Feel like it was very, in, it was a the level of entitlement that he showed when he just grabbed those scrolls in that mm-hmm. guy's dojo, I was like, mm-hmm. excuse me, Danny, what are you doing? I mean, he corrected him. And I think it also spoke to <laughs> some of the fan criticism about cultural appropriation, right? You see yes. that moment of like, don't forget that this is not your culture. You could have an appreciation for the culture, but you are not of this culture. And that level of, again, entitlement or expectancy was like, dude, pump the brakes, please. Mm-hmm. Have a little respect, sir. So yeah, it was a great trip. It was beautiful. Uh, I've been wanting to go to Japan for a long time, so uh, this is a nice little glimpse. It'll happen, and I'll go to you. Thank you. Speak that into existence, boo. (laughs) We're going to get some Japanese uh, folks to listen to this podcast, okay? Um, Let's move on to Miguel. So Miguel, by mid-season, is out of the hospital. 
Johnny created his own form of physical therapy. Girl, he set his damn foot on fire. First of all, if his mama only knew, because yeah. the things Johnny was doing was ridiculous. Yes. But we see, even though he's trying all these different tactics, it was really letting loose for a minute that kind of got him on the road to recovery, right? They go to that rock concert. He has a good time, starts tapping his foot. Yes, mm-hmm. there are some other things that happen throughout the rest of the season, but Miguel goes on a road to a full miraculous recovery, which mm-hmm. is amazing because, again, no one wants to see a 16, 17-year-old paralyzed for the rest of their life over or some the events rest of, of their life. Over some karate, you know? So, Delora, let's get to the to the end of the season. We still have so much to talk about. Johnny and Allie. What's good, Elizabeth Shoe? Okay. <laughs> they have been teasing this for a while, right? We had the text or the, the message come through that Allie had, you know, reconnected with Johnny on Facebook, all of mm-hmm. this. She comes to town for the holidays. It's Christmas time. You find that Allie really is a connecting force of closure, not only for some of the outlying things that happen in the films, but also between Johnny and Danny's relationship, right? One thing that I love that the creators talked about was that, fun fact, they did not have Elizabeth Shue signed on to come into season three when they teased season two. So they were just mm-hmm. putting that out into the universe and clearly were able to convince her that they needed her oh, own. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, and they said she was wonderful to work with. She's everything that they had hoped she would be and more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you hear more about how her side of events with how her and Danny broke up because, guys, in the beginning of the second film, you know, you see Danny come with Mr. Miyagi's, that beautiful yellow car wrecked. He tries to say it was Allie's fault. He tries to say she left him for some college dude. And the creators and Elizabeth Shue were never satisfied with that as her ending. She mm. claims, turns out, she had gotten accepted to UCLA for college. She had a guy she knew she was friends with who went to the school. And then because of that, Danny got jealous, thought she liked that guy. She said she egged him on. And then the brakes on Mr. Miyagi's car were bad. And so that's what happened. So Mm. again, you get some closure on those things. You get some closure on her relationship with Johnny and Danny. But then you also see her saying, you guys are much more alike than you think you are, right? And Mm -hmm. I think you see mirrors of each other. And that's why you guys sometimes have such friction. I guess that's still, I don't know. I'm still... Um, what they say, an originalist or something. I don't know. I'm team Danny through and through. I mean, I think I will also always be team Danny, but I have come to enjoy Johnny. Like I said, yes, Johnny, I'm rooting for him. Like, I don't want him to fail. No, but I can say I didn't like one thing that I did not like about this uh, moment of Allie coming back is yes, Danny is married, so he should not be doing too much reconnecting with Allie. But it felt like him and Allie's relationship was much more central to this universe than her and Johnny's. Yes. So I, I kind of felt some levels of irritation of like, yes, great that, you know, we're seeing them reconnect. But it was really Danny and Allie's relationship that was significant. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the one that I wanted the most closure on, I guess I should say. I noticed how many hugs he gave Allie at uh, that so Christmas his wife. party. So did his wife. <laughs> So, so two hugs for Allie. Oh, okay. It was more than two. She was being nice. I thought I counted more than that. His wife is super cool in all of these yes. situations. Let me say she that is. he definitely has a good one because she's always like, hey, absolutely. Let me she's ride or die. She's definitely yeah. ride or die. Uh, let me hear about how this went. You know, I need to, let's go Kiki over here in the corner, right? 
Um, but we see Johnny really ultimately wants to be with Carmen, right? He was about to show mm -hmm. up at the house and tell Carmen that he loved her. Well, really quick, back to Danny's wife. The reason why she's so cool, I feel like, is because she puts things in the right perspective. This that was high school. We are an adult. <laughs> like, yes. like, grow up. <laughs> Why do I need to be jealous of a high school relationship that did not work out? They probably ultimately dated for what six months, something like in that. The you know, grand scheme of things. Yeah. Okay. We and we so... thirty years in. We got two kids. Right. I'm not worried about you, Allie. You look good, girl, but I ain't worried about you. Okay? Exactly. So loved that. Again, that storyline, I feel like you see even Johnny for the first time call John, call Danny, La, uh, Danny, Daniel, instead of LaRusso, you know? It was an acknowledgement oh, of him moving really quick. forward. The funniest joke the whole season was him calling him out on the Scarface outfit. With that white jacket. Yes. <laughs> that also, had me rolling. It was also an homage to going back to the film because you had mm -hmm. that scene at the country club. Now that Danny is rich and older, wealthy and older, he's now able to go to the country club before he was not when he was younger because they, they were not well to do. Mm -hmm. And he had a moment in the film where Allie and Johnny were dancing. He falls and gets spaghetti all over his outfit. He's wearing white at the time. So that was like a good a little throwback with the mm. white and with Johnny almost getting the spaghetti spilt on him. I don't gotcha. know how many people caught that, but that was a nice I little did not. Egg. Great yeah. catch. Yeah, that was a nice little Easter egg from the film. They have them spurs throughout. It's very, mm -hmm. again, fun now that I've rewatched those movies to be able mm -hmm. to know. Um, Miguel and Sam reconnect as well. Uh, Messy. They saved the All Valley Tournament because it was initially going to be canceled by the mm -hmm. city council again because of the reactions that everybody is having. Again, Miguel saved it. Sam was there. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I'm teasing. The shade teasing. for Sam never stops these I days. Just, I'm, she's just a, she is definitely a complicated figure in this show. So many characters are, and me and my mom were just talking about this with Sam. I don't give Sam as much weight as I give a lot of other characters just because I think that there's so many people who are worse than Sam that in my mind, yes. it's just like, again, she's just a spoiled little princess who has had a pampered lifestyle and is going mm -hmm. through some hardships. And again, she's 16, 17. That, but yeah, that's true. Boys fighting over me. I, <laughs> okay, let me just say <laughs> I don't know how I would have handled that either. If I had two boys I like and they're both trying me, because I Because she know. wasn't even trying to really pick one, though. That's another one. That's another part, part of it, too. complicated because you see when Robbie gets out of juvie, he starts to head back down a dark path. He ends up joining Cobra Kai, Psy, seemingly bonds with Tori, yuck. I fully blame Gross. Johnny, Daniel, and Sam because he comes to the dojo to try to talk to Sam once he's released. And who does he find her with? To your point, Miguel. Miguel. And the messiness of the fact that Robbie had just found out at the end of last season that she had kissed Miguel behind his back, even though they yep. were together. That she had the opportunity to say something and... That betrayal is still not. fresh. He feels like she stopped communicating with him while he was in juvie. Again, he felt home. He thought that Miguel took advantage of Sam, part of the reason why they were fighting. He did not know the full story of everything that was going on, obviously. Yes.
while I said in the part one recap that we did that at this point in time, I was, you know, hoping that possibly Sam and Miguel could rekindle their relationship because that seemed to be the direction she wanted to go in. It was never a knock on Robbie. I like Robbie a lot. I want the best for Robbie. Yes. And I just didn't, I just didn't know if him, his relationship with Sam was the best for him because you don't want to mm. be fighting over or trying to get with someone whose heart is with someone else. And it just seemed well, like it was still with Miguel. And for me, I didn't really want Robbie to be with Sam because of his relationship with Danny. I felt mm-hmm. like that would make it too convoluted. You know what I mean? I like clean, straight lines, clear boundaries. Girl, nothing about this show was clean and straight lines. But <laughs> clear you do, boundaries. You, okay. do see, you do see Daniel even call her out though on this messy love life, right? Because yes. he comes in and he sees her and Miguel on the floor kissing. Rolling around. And he's like, hold on. Are you back with Miguel? Is like, hopefully Robbie isn't going to know about this. She's like, well, he already came by. Oh, he saw y'all like this. You know what I mean? When your dad can't keep up up on he's your like, love life he's like you done been with kyler you done been with miguel you done been with robbie sweetheart slow down slow down and she was like dad don't forget i'm your daughter you can trust me i bet that's the same thing that Lori harvey be saying to her parents girl, girl. <laughs> listen y'all can trust me it may look messy but i got this under control <laughs> No trust, words. Trust. I'm done. I think, yeah, I I'm think done. Lori. I, I believe Lori. I don't believe Sam, but I, I believe Lori. Um, she has a proven track record. That's why does. you believe her. She does. <laughs> Again, people sexy men alive, but I digress. So we end up getting to another epic end of season brawl at the Larusso's house this time, Not started yet again by Cobra Kai. This also proves that I am definitely a woman because I am thinking about the home decor the entire time. No, absolutely. All adults, <laughs> all adults, when you invest in your home and you know how much stuff costs, y'all done broke my furniture, y'all broken every light fixture in this house, I'm beating somebody ass. My okay? heart immediately went out to Mrs. LaRusso like what on this green earth is she gonna feel when she's eating somebody whole ass okay I would have lined all them kids up like I'm just gonna have to go down the line y'all got me fucked up I don't know what y'all thought this was it's just the audacity it's just the audacity audacity But this fight ends in even Hawk flipping sides, right, and leaving Cobra Kai, which again spoke to my earlier statement about we started to see him fray from that logic that he had because Hawk was diehard. Hawk is Cobra Kai till I die. Hashtag, I guess. Literal eye roll heard around the world when it comes to Hawk. I had had thought he was a lost cause. I'm going to be honest with you. I absolutely thought he was a lost cause. I mean, he has literal blood on his hands, Ashley. I just, no, for real. He I, went to that, an extreme. He went to an extreme place. I, I'm really trying to, I'll keep thinking, like, if there's any example of someone going that far to come back, like, I don't, I, I just, I don't know. Well, I mean, one could say Johnny has started to do that. Now, granted, we have longer to see the transition of Johnny than yes. we've seen with Hulk, but Johnny went went far back when he was young let's be honest like Johnny went was diehard for that logic as well now Mm. we didn't get to see it necessarily to the same extent with some of the bloody moments like we did with Hawk 
redemption. That's and, and, what to be, and to be fair, he is still a child in yes. the sense of like, he's a teen. He's not an adult yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I do feel like people should be able to grow, yes. but you were really in the middle of a fight and you just then decided to switch sides on your posse that you led to the house. Into the house. I think it was that he felt really bad when he broke Dimitri's arm. He felt he went too far. So in that moment when you they think? wanted to hurt Dimitri, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was his best friend. Like it yes. was so horrific. So when you see that they want they're about to harm Dimitri again, I think something just clicked of like, this isn't right. Like I'm over this. And I was happy to see it because I really did think he was gonna be a lost cause. Can I say too that the first time I watched this scene, I mm-hmm. turned off the show for days. Because I was so irritated yes. with the way that this season had gone that I was like, oh, I'm done with this for a little bit. I had to come mm. back like a couple days later. I was pissed. Mm. I was pissed. So yet again, Sam runs from Tori, angered me. She finally got some gumption, finally stood up for herself, and finally was able to get back to a place where she was at least able to defend herself. Yep. Miguel had just recovered from this horrible fall and y'all got him in this full-blown fight getting Ashley, the beat out of him Ashley I have in my notes when especially that scene when Miguel is thrown on that couch I was like my god yes. what is going on here this dude just had surgery however many However ago. long it had been, yeah, they never said. It was just so traumatizing. And then you see oh. Tyler beating him, hitting him in the kidney while he's up on the wall. Oh. I'm like, stop this. Stop this Make right now. Stop. stop. I will this. say, again, with uh, the continuity of the show, uh, the actor gained some weight. Um, yes. Yes, he did. And yeah. he, it just, I don't know. They really, I was impressed with that. Like, you know, he was obviously super fit and everything, but then he actually looked like someone who was recovering from mm-hmm. you know from inactivity yeah um let's move on to crease being a stone cold killer because we see <laughs> by the end of the season that he killed the head of his mission in vietnam he was by the end of the season also about to kill johnny he was choking johnny out yet again at the dojo when johnny had discovered that you, you know robbie that. was there Girl. What, what, what do you call those things? It was a like a little uh, is it's it not samurai? Num- um, no, I think it's a it's some type of samurai something. I can't think of the name of them either. I'm like, you guys know what we're talking about with the sharp point. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, he was like at the end, he was about to choke him out. It was Danny coming back to the dojo and starting to fight as well that helped to save him. And then yet again, he was about to try to kill Danny. So they ended up it ended up resolving with you know them being able to get out of it because Danny uses those techniques he learned in Japan. He did. And stops Crease from being able to harm him any further. And they end up saying that they're going to put it all on the All-Valley Tournament. If mm. Cobra Kai loses, Crease claims, I have in quotes, that he's going to leave. But by the end of the season, we see him calling on a fellow Vietnam veteran yes. whose life he saved. Everybody is saying it's going to be Terry Silver from that third film, the baddie from the third film, because that was who you saw play Twig in the Vietnam scenes leading up to this point. Oh, I thought it was Mitch McConnell. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm just joking. I I was just joking. I put in my notes. I was was like, who's his old friend? Because obviously someone of position, I'm assuming government. 
Um, it it's, might not be government, but you never know. I it's just was, most likely sounds like even from the creators that it's going to be Terry Silver, who when we saw him in the third film, he's very wealthy. He's actually the one who funded Cobra Kai. He's the one who got Danny to, to briefly join Cobra Kai in the third film, but it was for mm-hmm. evil, nefarious intentions. So mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not going to be a good thing to see him come back whatsoever. We'll continue down this road with Crease of being the baddest of the baddies. Mm-hmm. But I will, I will also say this um especially with the fight between crease and johnny how is this supposed to end like mm-hmm. is someone supposed to die because that is that was exactly how they were fighting no he he was going to kill johnny i fully believe again when we get to this point we're, we're being shown that crease really truly is a killer he does not have mercy he got pushed to the limit when he was in vietnam and he has not looked back since then and so when we talk about him saying finish them, he's really talking about kill people, in my opinion, at this point. That's what we're saying. Mm-hmm. But we also see by the end of the season that Johnny and Danny, facilitated by their students, they join forces by the end of the season because Johnny had actually started his own joke dojo, Girl. Eagle Fang Karate. Hilarious Embarrassment. Name. Eagle Fang Karate. Uh, what will the new name be, Delora, is the question. I don't know. I, that is definitely something that, I have in my notes too, like, ooh, what, what's going to be the new name? I was hoping that they would, um, you know, have told us, but of course it'll be great marketing going into the fourth season. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but what I did realize um, in that final scene, uh, Danny had his white uh, headband and Johnny had his black one. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, oh my goodness, Johnny and Danny are the yin to their yangs like they're yes. they're literally yin and yang um yes. when it comes to uh their now new partnership and so i was excited to see that uh, they were joining forces again back to the part where they agree they all agreed Crease and all of them that they were going to just put it out on the tournament or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that should have been the case the entire time, but right. okay, y'all, sure. Y'all made it, y'all made it, or Crease <laughs> really more than anybody made it a war, right? Even outside of all of this, because, you know, after the whole scenario with the Russo's trying to get him evicted, he said, now it's open season on your students, on you, yes. you know? He always took things to a really scary place. Too I, far. When, wait, wait, when keeping it real goes <laughs> goes wrong, like, you you just take it too far, sir. I feel like with Danny and Johnny, they on some Tupac, I ain't a killer, but don't push me. But Crease <laughs> is already Suge Knight. Yeah, I feel like Crease was already on some yeah was already on some Suge Knight ish. I'll say that. Let <laughs> let's talk about side notes. So my favorite sequence from season three was Johnny's high school photos, and and the present day photo op that he did with Miguel. Oh yeah, that was yes. hilarious. That was really cute. Hilarious. Yeah. And then a goof from the season. And I think we talked about it off mic was Miyagi-Do, the karate dojo, suddenly was in the LaRusso's backyard by the end of the season. You know, throughout the Mm. series, Miyagi-Do was supposed to be at Mr. Miyagi's old place. Then suddenly at the end of the season, we see that, you know, it seems like Sam goes straight from that fight at the house into the backyard and we're at the dojo. So that was a goof. And I think what I read was Mm. something about it was a 
issue with scheduling and so they had to do it there but it was definitely noticeable for as an mm -hmm. audience member that mm -hmm. that had happened um so delora your final thoughts if the central theme of this show is redemption where do we go from here with this series what ending do you feel like it's ultimately going to be satisfying for you oh that's an excellent question ashley Honestly, in terms of redemption, the only people that I care about is, uh, the only people I care about would be Johnny, Danny, and Robbie, on, mm -hmm. honestly. Like those, what those, about Miguel? I mean, Miguel, I feel like, is already on the road, of, uh, on the road to redemption, so mm -hmm. I feel like he'll be okay, and I, I do feel like he and Sam are probably meant to be together, I guess. <laughs> and um <clears throat> but I don't know I I I I'm not holding my breath for Tori I'm not holding oh. my breath for Crease um Hawk I don't trust him I do understand that he wants to you know be on the good side now or whatever but I'm not I'm not com completely convinced because he he did some really bad stuff and okay some people could say <clears throat> it was the rage it was the rage of being bullied all those years and it was finally mm -hmm. an output and he realized that maybe you know his rage took him too far mm -hmm. but I don't know and I also thought it was one of my favorite scenes um of this season was um yes signing Demetrius uh, <laughs> Cass that made me laugh they're and making out in the corner was I was like, like wow but see again I was like the hot girl with the geek I'm like well this will happen in 15 years anyway so you know because again that's why I said <laughs> when we recap the first part I said they're nerds for now you know what I mean they'll be the rulers for of the universe now yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was hilarious. And um, I agree with you. But no, with in, the re redemption question. Yeah, no, I agree with you in terms of fair about Hulk because we have not seen, we've seen him, the shift in him, but we haven't seen him go back into the reality, which is that he is a member of Cobra Kai. How is he going to break away from that? Yes, you see Tori tell him to watch his back, but, you know, she's only one member, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Tori, I hate her guts. I don't care what Tori has been through. Now, granted, yes, she has <laughs> had a hard knock life. But I, girl, I want you to know, so much so that Peyton List, I don't even like seeing now. Because wow. she, yeah. She, she, first of all, she, she had a does. really bad wig in season three. And that yes, upset she me, too. did. I noticed that as well. But I have to say, she definitely embodied that rage. Yeah. Very well. Yes. Like, very well. She has no redeeming qualities to me at this point in time because, again, a lot of people suffer. What if her like, and Robbie end up together? That's going to feel uncomfortable. That is that. going to make me so upset because, I, I, like I said, it seemed like she they were getting closer, bonding over their mirroring situations in common. But yes. what, one of my favorite thing on on social media right now is uh, they like connecting um connecting with dra uh, trauma is not a good thing <laughs> well you should connect because you both have shared trauma especially like, not while you're in the midst of it I can see if it is it's a bonding of things you've been through and you've moved past that they're it. both in the midst of very traumatic issues that they're trying to grapple with and trying to grow as human yes. beings 
and I don't want Robbie to connect with her because it's like she's the devil on his shoulder. He already has mm. priests now as a devil on his shoulder. We don't need two. We don't need to. We need an angel. Well, Give that gonna, child an who's angel. Who's gonna get Robbie out? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm just hoping where where do we go from here? I'm hoping that by the end of this series, I love Johnny and Danny becoming friends. I want that for them. Like mm-hmm. I said in part one, I feel that some of the best scenes of the series are when they're together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mind if Crease is never redeemed and he's gone off the show because yes. I do think that he's someone who is too far gone. How, how would they reel that back in? I'm not sure. I, I want mean, the best. years of being too far gone. Years. He's, he's old at this yes. point. Okay. He's setting them ways hard. You can't Tori, teach a new do- a old dog new tricks at Tori, all. I just want her to go away. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't need anything really bad to happen to her. I just want her to go away. I want the core cast that I consider to be the core cast. I want them to all find resolution. Mm-hmm. I want them to all be okay. But Chris and Tori, y'all can miss me and y'all can go on about y'all lives outside of this universe. I'm over it. So that is the end, Delora, of our recap thus far of the wonderful Netflix hit series, Cobra Kai. Yay! All right. So we're going to head into our hidden gems. So I'll go first this week. Okay. My first hidden gem season five um the final season of the magicians is yes. now available on netflix yes ashley this show I, it was my hidden gem previously but i hadn't had the privilege of watching the final season and now that i have i just truly i truly love this show it is Aww. like deliciously um wacky and Aww. funny and smart and unpredictable and insane i love literally all the characters for the most part my favorite character is elliot yeah the main character yeah um i i do enjoy alice even though she's like that neurotic (laughs) you know former good girl but really smart girl the best i just i just love it honestly i i didn't miss quentin this season um oh see I haven't I have to go back and catch back up because I think I stopped watching by maybe the end of season two so now that season five is there and I forgot Quentin was the main character so yes I am going to go back and binge all of the seasons now yes. that on Netflix. and and I also want to mention that I found this show on Netflix during quarantine I'm talking April time frame like gotcha <laughs> and yeah, I don't even I, remember when I started it but the magicians is great we both love fantastical we do uh you know other world type of shows so this fit right in <laughs> and, and you get all that so I apologize for any spoilers I just gave but again final season formerly a sci-fi channel original series they're based off novels and um I I feel satisfied with how it ended Okay. Because I, I, they they thought they were going to get another season, but I think they also closed it in in the in the event that they wouldn't, and I'm okay. glad they did it the way they did. Yeah. All right, in my second hidden gem this week, Bakari Sellers podcast in particular, uh, he interviewed the 
fabulous Sergio Hudson, who is the designer of Michelle Obama's outfit from the inauguration. And, you are giving um, Sergio so much love. I am because <laughs> I'm just super impressed by him and his story. I really enjoyed this interview. You you get more of an understanding of his background, um, how his mom was a driving force for his talent and his drive. And mm -hmm. it was very informed. Um, and it was informative and fun. And I, I want to share it with everyone else. And plus, I love Bakari Sellers political um insight so yes. it's a great you, podcast overall but you put me on to Bakari Sellers and I am a regular yes. listener now yes and he has really great friends so you know he's <laughs> yes. pretty cool pretty he's cool friends guests. with Madam Vice President Kamala Harris period <laughs> right exactly come on so yes. um, and he's a young man doing big things okay yes Doing I, I very much enjoy that interview too because I love that Sergio is so still so real even with all of this attention Girl, and pain. You know, he's like, earth. he's like, yes. listen, I don't want to work with everybody, and I yes. want to be known as a designer first. I do not take anyone else's ideas and make them something. You know, yes. I am who I am, and I want to be respected as such. And he's really down for trying to uplift the black community. That is a major reason yes. for everything he's and he doing. Got that from his mom, which I loved. I love. Yes. I love again. He, uh, the foundation he obviously has with his mom mm -hmm. and I'm very inspiring. So those Absolutely. are my hidden gems. What about yours, Ashley? Thank you. Love both of those. Uh, my first hidden gem is one I probably should have mentioned a while ago because I have been glued to this series search party on HBO max. Uh, yes. It is so interesting because the evolution of it was not at all was how, what I was expecting when I started it. The show really starts with these four friends from college who are still friends and one of the girls that they knew from college goes missing. So you see one of the main characters really delve deep into that and by, I mean, they just dropped episode six of season four there have been so many twists and turns, so much shenanigans, so much craziness. It's very much dark comedy because there's some real, mm. you know, some murders, some a lot of things that have happened. Mm. But mm. I'm still so invested because, again, the show is one of those that reinvents itself to a certain extent every season. Mm. And there's also an accompanying podcast out that had 10 episodes that kind of talked about the main themes of the show leading into the fourth season. So if you get into Search Party or if you want to hear a little bit more from the creators, from some of the cast, check out the podcast as well. But Search Party, HBO Max is my first hidden gem. Then girl, my second hidden gem. I had to do it. Our girls, Chloe and Halle Bailey, girl, they decided yes. to separate and not, not truly separate, but they decided to branch out, I should say, and start their own I Instagram pages because they had just had their joint account. You know, ha uh, mm -hmm. Hallie is out in London shooting Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Oe is doing her thing. But girl, I love to be able to see as beautiful as they are together, the mm -hmm. divergence in their personalities. You get to see yes. more of who they really are on their separate Absolutely. Instagrams. And Chloe is out here killing the game. That killing busted it. challenge almost broke these internets. Okay. Girl. Girl. That dance she did for the public after she already has reached 1 million Instagram followers. They they created a new challenge, Ashley. It's called the Silhouette Challenge after oh, that. Oh, wow. Yes. Hashtag wow. Silhouette Challenge. 
but she with that budget, I was just like, so Chloe in her in the last few performances they've they've done, especially off of the Godly Hour album. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that Chloe has been more sexual in her performance, in her presentation, in her movements. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, they're both women now. So, they are, 22 you know, and 20. And she's like, you know, I'm not that little girl with the dreadlocks anymore, okay? I exactly. am a grown woman. <laughs> you, <laughs> I can do. <laughs> I cannot stand you because that's the song that I was just about to sing. That's the song that I was singing earlier today. I can do it. <laughs> Ever I want, and again, these kids when they were kids, they were picked up by Beyonce. So, mm-hmm. you know, to see this progression, to see this evolution, some people may feel like it's too much, but I don't because they are no. establishing themselves as young women now. And yes, I love how everybody saying, you know, you can tell Chloe ain't got that Disney contract because she that out there her best life. Yes. Okay, and and these are facts. Yes. And honestly, I don't even feel like that's even Hallie's energy. I think she may be more sultry when she gets out that um, Disney contract. But yeah, I but think Chloe, Chloe got the energy. She's just like, look oh. at me now. Look at me now. <laughs> I also love that, it again, she is a full-blown entertainer, which I don't think people yes. have always given them the understanding of. Like, we don't yes. just have beautiful voices. We can also dance out here in these streets. You know what I mean? Like, they are yes. full-blown entertainers. Yes. And don't forget that. She's not just on here twerking just for the gram for no reason. No. She's about to have a, they about to have a tour at some point. She's trying to sell some tickets. I'm exactly. sure the grownish ratings have been off the hook for this first episode that just dropped. Yes, what okay. I saw that online too. They were like, uh, Chloe does the bu- buses challenge and grown, grownish uh, ratings go through the roof or something yes. like that. Remember, that's what I sent to you and Shamika on the, on Instagram. I was like, she dropped this the same day that grownish is about to come back. She knows what she's doing. Like, she knows what she's doing. It has somebody been so was much like, fun. and when she did that dance uh, for one million, somebody was like, we need to hurry up and get her two million. <laughs> <laughs> to see what she does now I've seen memes like I didn't know the difference between Chloe and Hallie before but I know now like you know what I mean doing a thing but it's it's been so fun to watch and you know as as much as I enjoy them as musicians I'm really going to enjoy their progression into adulthood since we are adults yes. you know yes. I'm looking forward to those things I'm looking forward to the future of their music and, and- I am I feel like a proud cousin. It's like, I applaud women who love their body, who's not afraid to show that, you know, they they have their, what Chloe is demonstrating is that she has full agency of her body. And Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it. Them DMs are off the chain right now. Is she you probably ignoring know. all of them? Cause she, yeah. you know, I don't think she'll be a, I don't think she'll be a Lori uh, Harvey. I don't no, I don't, I don't foresee that for her either. But you know, yeah. Diggy is, is a little salty sitting somewhere by himself in the corner. That's all I'll Busy say. Boy. Busy That's Busy all boy. I'll say. Those are my hidden gems, Delora. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley. Um, Next week. What we, be- what we giving to them? One night in Miami. Nice, because we're kicking off Black History Month, guys. Black we're give History you Month. A black film every single week. Yes, we are. And I'm super excited. Uh, this is uh, Regina King's first di- directorial debut for a film. She's done movies, or she's done TV, but this is her first film. And so I'm super excited. Same. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye.